Welcome to the Grant Writing Simplified Podcast. This is the place to learn how to make a big impact in your community through grant writing and nonprofit consulting. The world needs you to step forward as a grant writer and use your skills to lead with confidence. I'm Teresa Huff, former special ed teacher turned grant writer and nonprofit strategist. In my 20 years of freelancing, I've helped nonprofits triple their funding and exponentially increase their reach. Now I'm stepping up to mentor freelancers and nonprofit leaders like you who are ready to take your skills to the next level. It's time to get intentional about your vision so you can create lasting change in your community. Learn the skills and strategies you need to become the grant writer the world needs. Let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to the show today. I am glad to have you this week because I wanted to let you know before we get into the content that I am working on some great new resources coming up in August. I'm going to have a whole series on becoming a grant writing consultant, and this is going to go through some of the common questions I get about running a consulting business. I've got a legal expert coming on to answer some of your questions about contracts, We're going to talk about some of the tools that I use in my business and get into some really practical things that you can use as well. We're going to talk about your social media profiles, and I'll give you some great tips there and some more resources if you're ready to go deeper in that. I've got another strategy call coming up, and we're even going to talk pricing. We're going to tackle some big things in August, so make sure you stick around and keep coming back each Tuesday for the new shows, and let me know what questions do you have as well that I can maybe work into the episodes. I love hearing from you guys. I appreciate the reviews and the feedback that you're sending me on LinkedIn, and I'm so glad that's been helpful. In several conversations lately in the Fast Track to Grant Writer program and in strategy calls with clients, we've been talking a lot about how we can build relationships with grant funders and also with donors. And the fact is that our job is a lot more than just writing grants. We may be called grant writers, but we really wear a lot of hats and we cover a lot of areas. Often, our role is about building relationships and we support the nonprofit in other fundraising or development projects sometimes, and we may even end up evaluating programs to provide accurate reports and collect that data, plus lots of other roles. So because of that, It's important to keep building positive, meaningful relationships with donors and grant funders. And I want to give you six ways that you can do that as well. You and your team can work together on these. And I'm going to give you some examples today of how you can do this. Number one, when we're talking about grant funders specifically, remember that they are the expert in the grant program that they are offering. So be respectful of their feedback and be respectful of their decisions. Now, hopefully this goes without saying, but you might be surprised at sometimes how nonprofits handle these rejections. They take it personally, they become argumentative, and I've even seen this firsthand. One of my clients was telling me about an application they had applied for from a very large foundation. He had just started a brand new nonprofit, and he immediately jumped straight to this huge corporation that they wanted to apply for. And in his email to me, he said, yeah, I have gone to them. I have argued with them three times and they still keep saying no. That right there is a red flag. Arguing with someone about why they won't give you money isn't a good way to convince them to give you money. (laughs) So take a step back and think about how you would want to be treated 
and keep that in mind as you are approaching them. Respect their decision, ask for constructive feedback, and take that feedback into account. Take it seriously and see how you can incorporate that. When you're in the moment of getting that no, sometimes that's hard and you might get your feelings hurt, but it's important to take a step back and realize it's not personal. It's probably not even about you. There may be a whole bigger picture to consider that you're not aware of. So take that into account. Number two, do your homework about the foundation or the donor so that you can ask intelligent questions and have a good conversation with them. I'll give you more tips on this back in episode 20 on how to increase your chances of winning the grant and having that conversation with donors. If something is already on their website and outlined and perfectly clear, you don't want to go asking, so what kind of grants do you fund? What's your mission? That's already there. You should have done the homework. So then you can ask the questions that go deeper that maybe aren't spelled out clearly on the website. Show that you have already put in some time and research and thoughtful reading about them to where you can have that better conversation. Number three, send them updates, send them pictures, show them the impact you're making, even in between reports, when a report isn't necessarily due. Send them a picture, an email, reach out, ask if you can quote them in a press release. For example, one of my clients had gotten a grant for exercise equipment for their programs for senior adults. So they worked with the funder to invite the local TV station in to do a news clip about them. And that was so much fun because it really conveyed the energy and the impact it was making. They had little short snippets of interviews with the people using the equipment. They showed the exercise classes. That was such a great visual to show how much the people were enjoying that equipment. And it was a great way to showcase the funder and the impact they're making in the community. So that was truly a win-win. More people could learn about the programs. The funder was getting an even bigger return on their impact that they wanted to make. So think about opportunities like that in your community and look for those. Number four, when a donor does something nice or a grant funder, show your appreciation, not just within your team and saying, oh, yay, we got this grant and saying that in the office, but make it public. Tag them on social media. Show pictures of the things they donated. Mention them when you're sharing about your programs, when you're posting a picture of people using the supplies that the program bought and mention this is possible because of such and such donor or we really appreciate our partners, including so-and-so. See what you can do to really help them get visibility too and show your appreciation. The store in Nashville is a nonprofit grocery store. It's a year-round grocery available for families in need to come and shop. It's this lovely grocery store. And they are really doing this well. If you want a good example, go check out their social posts. Local farmers have donated produce. They've had community partners come in and spend a day volunteering. They've had people donate supplies. They put out a call for certain things they need, and they get a lot of support and a great response for that. They're really using their social platforms well. You can check that out at thestore.org or on several social profiles, but that's one that I've been watching along, and it's a really great example of how to show public appreciation for your donors and community partners. Number five, this one's kind of obvious, but again, you might be surprised. 
Turn in all your applications and your reports on time. And then if any issues come up, communicate those along the way. By being proactive and keeping donors in the loop of what's happening, even when you're struggling, that goes so much farther than just trying to sweep things under the rug and trying to scramble and get it under control. And then by the time it's a big mess, the donor is surprised. They don't want to be blindsided by issues. So communicate that as you go. Even if something starts to get off track, a lot of times they can step in and help or figure out an alternative solution. Especially with COVID, I know a lot of programs were kind of put on hold even mid-grant cycle, but the donors that I was working with for my clients, they were very understanding and very willing to adjust deadlines, adjust reporting timelines. So just keep that communication front and center. Make sure to keep talking to them about the good and the struggles. And number six, become a good storyteller. Now, this doesn't mean talk their leg off. This doesn't mean talk so much that their eyes glaze over and they fall asleep. (laughs) Remember, your writing and your storytelling needs to be clear, concise, and compelling. The three C's. Make sure you do that with everything you're writing. For example, I used to write grants for a very small rural school district. And so we got several small grants that really made a big difference for them in their community. They had added on an addition to their building that was a whole extra wing. It was really great for this small school. But the problem was there was no bell system. There was a phone system so they could call each classroom. And there was also an intercom system where they could make broad announcements. But if you've ever been in a busy, noisy, crazy classroom with an activity going on or say a band room or a gym, you know that you may not exactly hear what's being said on the intercom. This was a problem if there was something like a tornado drill or a fire alarm that needed to happen. They really needed a bell system. So I found a grant that I thought would be a good fit, and I told the statistics about the school, the rural, the poverty, all those things, but I also painted this word picture for them of there is no bell system. So when there's a tornado or a fire or even a drill for one of those, they either have to call each classroom on the phone, they have to announce it on the intercom and hope everyone can hear it, or they literally have to run down the halls yelling, fire, fire, or tornado, tornado drill, and try to get everyone's attention and make sure they're all following along. So by painting that picture and explaining what it's like without this resource in place, that showed the funder how they desperately needed this. And we got that grant. They were able to install the bell system. It worked wonderfully. And this was from a large corporation that they didn't have a relationship with before. But that compelling, concise story really drove the point home. It really showed how much these kids needed that bell system and how because of their low budget and low resources, they needed this additional community support. So think creatively how you can tell the story, always accurately, always truthfully. In the process, make sure it's clear, concise, and compelling. I've said this many times before, and I'll keep saying it. There is a person on the other side of everything you write. So write for that person. It's the same when you're building relationships with grant funders or with donors. There's a person on the other side of everything. Whether it's a phone call, an email, a meeting, you're not talking to a stack of money. You're talking to a person. 
And always remember that so that you can build those relationships. Put in the time and effort to cultivate these sincere, meaningful relationships. Always remember your bigger mission and let that shine through everything you do. I am here to support you in this, my friend. Learn more at TeresaHuff.com and let's keep changing the world together. If this was helpful to you, would you please share it with a friend that is also in nonprofit work? We need to spread the word and get this support out there for our nonprofit friends so that we can all keep working together to make an impact.